Okay po, this is Miss Deb Ngo Recorder and we have a podcast at uh, 6pm and our speaker for afternoon is Brother Brother Francis. Brother Francis, you can start right now po. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, good evening to everyone here in the Philippines. And uh, uh, my topic that I wish to contribute to the one being discussed is about Moses. All the types and shadows of Moses. So, Moses is a good picture of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, there are many things that happen. In, in the creation, then in history, then in the laws and commandments uh, that force that all point to Jesus Christ, and uh, Moses is just one of them. Uh, from Adam, Abraham, Isaac, and others, Moses is one of the prophets that uh, all the Israelites recognize as the redeemer from Egypt, but. Uh, uh, God was foreshadowing a greater redeemer from Moses. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. That's one of the verses that talk about the, the typology the, of Moses to Jesus Christ. Actually, Hebrews 11 talks about many heroes of the faith. But eventually, Paul will uh, point to the salvation work of Jesus Christ, the inception of Christianity. So Hebrews chapter 11, we start from verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So, uh, that was from the time when he grew up. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the greater the Red Sea, as by my land, which the Egyptians sang to do were drowned. By okay, the by faith the walls of Jericho that's for Joshua. So from verse twenty-three to verse twenty-nine, let's go by this expositorily. Uh, the birth of Moses is a good typology to Christ because when Christ was born. The great red dragon wanted to kill that child. Of course, that's the devil through uh, 
the whatever who is in authority there. Like in the time of Jesus Christ, King Herod murdered the innocents just in order to murder him. But he was saved from being murdered. Now, um, let's focus on the part that was said that he chose the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Uh, the reproach of Christ, that is Christ in the form of the Logos, in the life of Moses. That means to say, the people don't know it, the Israelites don't know it, but God was already foreshadowing the coming of Christ, of his son. And uh, Christ at that time did not endure the reproach yet, literally. I'm talking about literally Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ will eventually suffer reproach that is being foreshadowed by the reproach of Moses. Moses chose to obey God. So he, he prioritized God then, let's say the Pharaoh then, Ramses, was his uh, friend, his uh, boyhood uh, companion, supposedly his brother. But Christ said, he that loves his mother and father, mother, sister, more than me, is not worthy of me. So Moses, at the time, he doesn't know he was worshipping Christ. He doesn't know Christ yet, but he was worshipping Christ in the form of the type and shadow. The food in due season in the time of the Israelites was fulfilling the type and shadow. If you walk in the present truth during their time, you are in essence worshiping Christ without you knowing it. Because you're waiting for the promise of the coming Christ. Of course, not everyone th thinks the same way. But what they're doing, that's how they feasted on the manna during their time. Time of Adam and Eve, we should eat by the, uh, the word of God. But the Word of God is not just intellectual, what you heard, your Bible study. It is what you practiced in your life, what you experienced. When Moses chose the reproach of Christ, he was not thinking of the coming Messiah. He was thinking about his people, the Israelites. So he sacrificed himself for his people. That sets a type for Christ. So why did Paul say the reproach of Christ? Because Paul was given a revelation that all things that happened in the, in the Old Testament was pointing to Christ. So Moses, in, in sacrificing himself for the reproach of Christ, uh, is parallel to what Philippians say. He humbled himself to become a servant. Uh, he took the form of a servant, kenosis. He, he humbled himself. He put himself down for the sake of the cross, for the, sorry, for the sake of God, for the sake of obedience to God. Of course, that's the will of God. He was commissioned by God. And you can forget about the commission of God in exchange for a temporary pleasure in Egypt. So, he forsook that in uh, for 
to obey God. And him obeying God is a perfect example of Jesus Christ. For us, obedience to God. In obeying God, you will sacrifice a lot in your life. So, uh, when he led the Israelites to the Red Sea, that was a type of baptism. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The rock was Christ. And, and um, they passed through the sea. They passed through the desert. The cloud followed them. So, Paul alluded that to baptism. So, every aspect of Moses' life. Uh, he was a type. There was a type of Jesus Christ. There's also a type to earthly messengers. Um, so, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the rock that followed them was Christ. Moses smote a rock while God instructed him just to tap the rock so that the water would gush out. But Moses instead smote the rock in anger, in anger because he was fed up with the people complaining, murmuring against him. So, that's why in his anger, instead of following exactly the instruction of God, he smote the rock. This time around, the type of Jesus Christ is the rock. It's not Moses at the time. Moses is a type of our human infirmity, our weaknesses. So not, not all aspects of Moses' life is he directly foreshadowed Christ. Even other things. Let me give you an example. When Moses saw burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, he saw the angel of the Lord. And the, the way Exodus chapter 3 wrote it down, he called that angel of the Lord God. And that angel of the Lord spoke in the first person of God. So the angel of the Lord is the one that represented Jesus Christ, not Moses during the time. Of course, Moses represented Christ as being the servant of God, being obedient to God, willing to take the sufferings of the cross because he did not really need to suffer the cross, but he submitted his will to the Father. The Father will respect his decision if he did if he decides not to go with the crucifixion, he it was a test also to Jesus Christ. That's why Philippians 8, 2 verse 8, by obedience, he obeyed until death, became obedient unto death. His obedience includes his death. And as a human, Christ was afraid. He wanted to pass um, that, that cup passed over him, but he, he, he displayed the characteristic that what God wants of us. Not, this is not a acting, but this is real in his life, just as Moses was. Not my will be done, but your will. So back in the burning bush when Moses was being commissioned, the one that represented Christ was the angel of God. But he was spoken of in the first person of God, but we know the angel of God is not God himself. But why was he addressed as God? Why did he speak in the first person of God? I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did the angel 
directly speak in the first person of God. Because that he, the angel is also foreshadowing the role of Christ in the future. Uh, John chapter 14 verse 10. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Christ speaks the word of God. Uh, sometimes in the third person, sometimes in the first person. So did the angels, so did the prophets. Moses was also, we, I call, we, the scholars call it a theophany. Uh, but I would add a temporary theophany. That theophany could be temporary, could be permanent. But in the case of the Old Testament, angels and prophets are temporary theophanies. Moses himself became a temporary theophany. Moses' face shone like the sun when they were out of Egypt. And uh, his face needed to be veiled in order for the brightness uh, um, would not uh, hurt the Israelites. That's a picture of a theophany. When his, moves, his face shone like the sun and needs to be veiled. Even the veil... The, uh, Moses typed Jesus Christ then as a theophany, but the veil also typed Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians, I forgot if it's chapter 2, chapter 4, or 1st or 2nd Corinthians. Moses spoke about that veil, and Moses said that veil was Christ. Je Jesus Christ was also not just in Moses or the veil. Jesus Christ was in the, ten, the two tablets of command, Ten Commandments. Jesus Christ was in the rod of Aaron that budded. So there was a time when Moses said that he could not, uh, he's not good in speech. He's daughters. And God said, I will appoint Aaron to be your prophet. You will stand in the place of God and Aaron will stand in the place of Moses. So those are examples of when we can call God others that were used by God, when God used angels, most the prophets, speaking in the first person, when God used a cloud and fire, pillar of a cloud and pillar of fire, uh, they all foreshadow the theophany of Jesus Christ. When I say theophany, Christ being the spokesman, the representative, and the one that will carry the representation of God to the people because no one has seen God at any time. When Moses, uh, when the angel, when the theophany of God appeared unto Moses, Moses saw that part of God. It represented something. The back part represents the part wherein God reveals himself to the world, the one that you can see. And uh, when Moses' eyes was covered so that he could not see the face of the theophany, that's the part that you cannot see God. God is a spirit. He covers all universe. You, we are not big enough to see him. If you look, if scientists looking at the universe, they, they're all struck with the immensity of the universe. And God is beyond that. So... No one can see God and live, but we can see the back part, the part where 
God reveals himself. The part that God reveals himself, he uses prophets. He uses uh, things like a cloud of fire, cloud, pillar of cloud and fire. He uses angels. He uses the burning bush. Now, with regard to the type for Christ, it's not just Moses. Even Aaron was a type of Christ. The high priest was a type of Christ. Um, the events in his life were a type of Christ. The two tablets of stone and the uh, top of mana, that was Jesus Christ in the form of the word. That's why Christ said, he that eats me, he that does not eat me or eat my flesh and drink my blood has no life in him. It's not eternal life. It's a type of that mana. He was that mana. Um... It was that logos that we, the word that we will be feasting upon. Today we do not see Jesus Christ. We see only his word. That's how, and we, if we have faith in his word, then we will not be lost. Because the word is given, the written word was given to us for our protection that we might not be deceived by false teachings. Now, you, we read in Hebrews 11 that he took... Uh, he fulfilled the Passover. I'd like because Passover is nearing uh, just around the corner at spring. And uh, the Passover, when Moses kept it, it represented many other things. Let me read. Through faith, he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The Passover, I'd like to emphasize, started through Moses, is a day, is a yearly practice of Israelites. Then it was, it, uh, it carried over to the Christians today. That's the only feast that Christians should keep, but in a modified form. We call that the communion, the communion bread and wine. During the time of Moses, there was type of wine, yet though they drank wine, because in all the times they used wine for to sterilize the drink, uh, unless they, uh, otherwise they would have dysentery. So they drank wine, but there was no type yet. The type will come through Jesus Christ during the Last Supper. But what Jesus Christ was doing in the Last Supper was a carryover of Passover from the time of Moses. When Moses uh, kept the Passover, it was a commandment. It is not optional. Today, uh, people who do communion, they don't, they forgot about the time. It's spring season. Yeah. The time of the Passover, Nisan 14, it's, read, it's uh, written in Exodus chapter 12, how it was detailed, instructed to Moses. Uh, that was a type of Christ. Christ was the bread. There was no wine yet. Christ was the Passover lamb. Moses was instructed to roast a lamb and eat everything before uh, and leave nothing. If you follow God's commandment, of course, the blood that was used to slaughter the lamb should be sprinkled on the doorposts. So, on the posts. So that is also type of Christ the Passover lamb, the blood, and the communion. 
the communion during the time of Moses is compulsory. If you don't do that, the first the firstborn of the family that does not do that will die. Uh, Brother Francis, way, uh, it's already time. Your time is over. Uh, okay, let's okay, proceed. Thank you, thank you. Let's proceed so, to question and answer. Who want to ask a question? Anyone? Excuse me. Did you hear me? So, uh, yes, yes. Uh, is there anyone who wish to ask a question? Who wanna? Who want at ask a question? Meron, meron, meron. Go ahead, Bo. Yes, please give your name. Mario Santos. Mario Santos. Yes, yes. Uh, what was is your question, brother? Aaway ka ba kung ilang beses sumingin ng tubig ang bayang Israel sa Diyos? How many times the Israelites asked for water? No, I'm not driving yet. Not familiar. How many times? I know there are many times. They were in the desert for 40 years. So they relied on God for water. You recorded the Bible. You only recorded it. No, I don't. I did memorize that. I did study that yet. Thank you, thank you. Okay, next. Are there others who wish to ask a question? This is a bishop of Honoroy. I ask a question about what's the significance of parting the Red Sea, what is the significance? You, can you, uh, okay? Love. The parting of the Red Sea represented baptism and baptism in spirit. The baptism in the waters, they, uh, if they did not pass through the Red Sea, they would be slaughtered by Pharaoh's army. So if you we will not pass through the water. There's a song. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. That's the type. A type of passing. Yes. Okay. So it represents a lot of things, but that's my that short answer. So what is the significance of it? In the parting of the Red Sea, that is fulfilling the commandment of God. Fulfilling the commandment of God. Because God instructed him to do that. And he followed the instruction of God. He followed the instruction of God. That is like... Jesus Christ followed the instruction of God. And I'd like to add another raising of hands. There's a war in AI. There's a small, not just AI, sorry. In other, in other uh, battles they had in, in the wilderness and in entering the promised land. But when Moses raised up his hand, they were winning. But Moses can, can go by so they were losing when they Moses lowered his hand. 
So um, the, uh, Joshua and Aaron help hold up his hand. So they complain. Uh, so it represents helps in the ministry. Uh, we must not only rely on the pastor, we must help the pastor. So Jesus Christ also has his ministers, his apostles. Those is what is being represented by the helping of uh, embracing that, maintaining the raised hand of Moses. So that's my short uh, understanding. That, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, thanks. Okay. Uh, so Are there anyone? Else, suffice. Uh, the feeling of the Passover no, is on 14. Ilang ginaganap yun? Uh, first evening, second evening. Uh, it, um, in the time of Moses, until the Israelites today, they've been doing that in the evening of four. Uh, the evening of 14 going to 15. That's the evening of 2015. But Jesus Christ did it earlier because he was the Passover lamb. They did something of entering the So today, for us, we are not strict. We are not strict as long as we are within the vicinity because there is what we call the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. The Feast of the Unleavened Bread is a period of time that we can uh fulfill the communion and it should be family a family affair uh, uh before it becomes a church affair it should be a family affair even in the church a, a family must sell uh, a circle a cell in order to fulfill communion the present communion that we see being done in the churches today is not the original okay Okay, uh, follow-up question. Kung ang killing of the Passover sa Moses time ay uh, first evening uh, going to 15, uh, kailan ang eating ng Passover? 14 or 15? They were eating it starting 6 p.m. of the 15. Okay. So, the killing is, the, is in the 14, the eating is in the 15, up to until midnight. So, they did that every year. Now, for the, uh, the time of Christ, she advanced one day. And for the Christians today who would fulfill this communion Passover, they could do it in that week, that, that feast of Advent. So uh, we are not strict on the exact date of the Jews, but we are in the vicinity of the spring season. There's, because there is a revelation why communion should be done on the spring season. Because in the spring season, it represents the resurrection. So it should, should, uh, communion should not be done, Passover communion should not be done in any other time except spring season near that equinox. So that's the feast of the unleavened bread given by God. So that's the, you have one week that you can uh, fulfill communion in your family and in the church. Okay, two minutes ago. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, are you agree na yung 14th day ng Nisan ay uh, second set ng uh, Sabbath? Week is Sabbath? Uh, Sabbath is moving. Sab uh, let's say there's a weekly Sabbath, there's a... Uh, Moses time. Uh, Moses time. He says, in Moses time, 
the first Sabbath will be the weekly Sabbath. The other Sabbath will be a feast. Example, here in the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, it so happened in the time of Christ that the Feast of the Unleavened Bread coincided the 15th, coincided with the Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath. That's what the Jews call the high day. But it does not always follow the 15th, the Sabbath. There's another form of Sabbath. The first day is a holy, a holy convocation. It's also called the Sabbath. And the final day is also a holy convocation. That will be repeated in other feasts. And they're also called Sabbaths. So there's the weekly Sabbath and there's the, the Sabbath of the, of the feasts. So for uh, only in the time of Christ that the Feast of the Unleavened Bread coincided also with the weekly Sabbath. So, follow-up lang. Uh, kung agree ka yung 14th day na ginanap ni Moses na killing of the, the Passover ay sabi before the 15, no? coming to 15, Ibsibin, 14 na ganap yung uh, killing the Passover na type and shadow pagpunta kay Jesus Christ. Agree ka ba na sabat ito? Na second set ng Biki Sarat? Uh, the killing is not written in the Bible as Sabbath, but you can, the, by the meaning uh, of the word Sabbath, we can call it By the meaning, what? The, the Sabbath, already time, Brother Francis. Okay, I gotta close my recording. Okay po, thank you for opportunity in our podcast. See you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Because we are... We don't have a podcast at 3 p.m. So, yun lang. Thank you po, Brother Francis. Um, 